practical consequence of lying and the ripple effect that it has had on our culture. We've seen it with the heads of major corporations lie about their company's financial pictures. Situations like Enron and the Lehman Brothers. And we have to bail them out as a government and as a people because somebody along the line decided to skew the numbers and cook the books. That's lying. But here's what happens. I bet you that person in that office, in that accounting firm, in that office that was looking at all of the finances of that company only thought that they were propping. They were just keeping their job. Everything was okay, no problem. I'm sustaining everything. What they didn't know is that hundreds of thousands upon millions of people would lose their jobs all across the United States of America because of poor decision-making and lying. One person in an office made that happen. One person in an office that cooked the books, that lied about financial statements, can cause millions of dollars to be lost in the stock market, resulting in thousands of people losing their jobs and their income. One person lying, that's an investor, can take all of your money away and leave people that are 90 plus years old working in supermarkets. Bernie Madoff. You see, truth telling is important. Think of the huge ripple effect. Our legal system relies on people telling the truth. Justice relies on truth telling. Without it, there's no real justice in the world. And so much of our court system depends on getting at the real truth. And in so many court cases, somebody is clearly lying. See, it's the job of judges and juries. Their main job is to determine who's lying and who isn't. And that's not always easy. It's why our justice system is far from perfect. Yet despite the fact that we can readily agree that our society needs to have a common understanding about telling the truth, it's clear that something has gone wrong. So while we agree that this is the standard, this is the principle that we follow, we also have to see visually from this perspective that something has gone wrong because we're clearly not following the very principles that we set forth for us to believe in. One study shows that 74% of high school students out of 12,000 surveys have cheated on an exam at least once in the past year. Of 3.8 million background checks that were done around... 52% of job applicants had lied on their resumes. As a matter of fact, whenever you sit down with somebody to help you construct your resume, that person will tell you, you know what, embellish a little bit. You did this, make it look good. There's ways to write things on a resume that would veer people away from the truth. I'm not knocking somebody. I'll give you an example. And I'm not knocking this at all. I served as a janitor in a warehouse right after I graduated college. Right before I entered into the military. I served as a janitor in a warehouse in New York. I used to have my little cart. I used to go around dumping all the garbage because it's the only job that we could find. We were in the middle of of a huge economic downturn, and there was not a lot of jobs around. But let me, let me not uh, get into that rabbit trail. But a janitor. Let's say you're a janitor at McDonald's. Nothing wrong with that. Some folks write on their resume, 
managed facilities of Fortune 500 company. I mean, that looks great, right? Oversaw. You don't have any employees. Oversaw. You know why you're laughing. You guys have done it before. <laughs> Oversaw this. Supervised supervised an entire team. There's one person that you're with. Supervised an entire team of this to accomplish this, this, and you didn't accomplish any of it. In another survey, students at a religious school proved more likely to cheat and lie to parents and teachers than the national average. It means that, here's what that means. Here's what that tells me. It means that we're teaching our kids principles and morals without walking it out with them and teaching them the value of it. It means that we're creating laws in our home without backing that law up with relationships. Whenever there's a law that's established and there's no love and relationship in between, rebellion will ensue. The University of Massachusetts psychologists did a survey recently that said the most popular students in school sometimes are the best liars. Study after study shows that lying is a way of life for many people. That's, of course, if you believe the study. The book Day America Told, The Day America Told the Truth says that 91% of those surveyed lie routinely about matters that they consider trivial. And 36% lie about important matters. And 86% lie regularly to parents, 75% to friends, 73% to siblings, and 69% to spouses. A national survey done by our very own Rutgers Management Education Center. They did a survey of 4,500 high school students, found that 75% of them engage in serious cheating. More than half have plagiarized work that they found. Perhaps most disturbing, many of them don't see anything wrong with cheating. Some 50% of those responding to the survey said they don't think copying questions and answers from a test is even cheating. I found these quotes. These are a bunch of quotes that are interesting. And these are not only high school kids. There's other people who think this way too. Here's what one person said. What's important is getting ahead. I remember the drill sergeant in the Army said this to me. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. The better grades you have, the better school you get into, the better you're going to do in life. And if you learn to cut corners to do that, you're going to be saving yourself time and energy. In the real world, that's going to be what's going to happen. The better you do, that's what shows. It's not how moral you were in getting there. Here's another couple of quotes for you. I actually think cheating is good. A person who has an entirely honest life can't succeed these days. How about this one? I believe cheating is not wrong. People expect us to attend seven classes a day and keep a 4.0 GPA, not go crazy, and turn in all of your work the next day. What are we supposed to do? Fail? Here's the truth. I can say that in our society, there's a great amount of expectation placed on young people. Here's the thing that you need to decide as a parent. Do you want the grades when they come home, or do you want the integrity and character for the rest of their lives? All I can say is that I hope that the person who said that this, who said all these statements wouldn't be a doctor holding a scalpel over me someday. Or wouldn't be a pilot or an aviation engineer who helped build a plane that I choose to fly on. 
Just as seriously, we see people dumbing down lies and making excuses. How far we've fallen from society. How dangerous it is to get at, to, to, it, it's getting for our future. So how does this idea of the personal benefits of truth-telling translate into a personal moral conviction of our allegiance to telling the truth? So here's how this author, Cicela Book, Bach, that we quoted earlier, dealt with this. She said, people have found the social practice of truth-telling to have great value both generally and personally. You benefit directly from the practice. But how does this fact of personal benefit translate into a personal moral allegiance? The fact that a system, so our world operates on a system of truth-telling, benefits you enormously, doesn't by itself justify you adhering to the truth. After all, if personal benefit is all that counts for you, then why not reap all the benefits that a system of truth-telling brings and then reap a little bit more by lying for personal gain? So, of course, you don't want people to distrust you. A lie is to your advantage only when other people will believe the lie that you've told. Only where a practice of truth-telling generally prevails could you ever exist in a world where lies can be believed. Such a practice prevails only when most people are doing their part to support it. That is when most people are telling the truth. The liar then wants to be what this offer calls a free rider. He or she wants to do their part to maintain a system while she or she uh, doesn't do his or her part. Isn't it interesting how upset liars become when you find out that they have lied? They are outraged. I can't tell you how many times I've sat across a desk from people or I've called people on the phone and I'm like, I just want to let you know this is found out to be true about you. You told me the exact opposite. You told me this wasn't going on. And this is actually, in fact, what's going on. And we have proof that backs this up. And they become outraged. How dare you even, this is not, that's not true. That person's lying. They have no integrity. The liar reaps the benefit out of a system of truth-telling without investing the sacrifice that it takes to support that system. That is, without telling the truth. What gets you from point A to point B, the recognition that a system of truth-telling benefits you personally. Point B, living by a moral principle against lying. In other words, we don't lie simply because it's wrong to lie. Not just because telling the truth benefits society and ourselves by extension. I have a question to ask you. How many of you think appealing to fairness is enough to keep people from telling the truth? Appealing to fairness and justice is enough to keep people telling the truth. Because that's exactly what modern day ethics teaches. And it's not necessarily wrong, but it's not the full picture. Because appealing to fairness and justice isn't enough. Without a strong foundation, then that actually breeds more liars. What it takes is a fundamental change. It takes a change of heart. And scripture recognizes that modern man doesn't change. Our hearts are inherently evil. Only God can work out change in our lives. And as believers in the one who is the truth embodied in a person, we can rely on him to make that change. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 says, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for we are all members of one body. 
Here the Apostle Paul is appealing to the fact that lying hurts the body of Christ. A commentary on this particular verse in the Life Application Bible says this, lying to each other disrupts unity by creating conflicts and destroying trust. It tears down relationships and it leads to open warfare with other people. We all belong to the same society. In Christ, we belong to the same body. And lying threatens to threaten that life and the community that we build together. So this is a worthy appeal, but there's a phrase here that also appeals to something else. It's the idea of the old man, that old person that resided within you. What we used to be before we were in Christ. Paul says, put off falsehood, put off lying. This is the same language he uses in a few verses before. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to 24. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. That's before you received Jesus. Before you started walking in Christ, we taught you about those bad things that you used to do before. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Then Paul writes this. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbors, for we are all members of one body. Paul's reminding the church in Ephesus and us that lying is part of the old way of life. Lying is part of the way that we used to live. Telling the truth is part of the new. Now remember, Paul is writing to people who believe in the gospel here. Colossians chapter 3 verse 9 makes a similar point. Do not lie to each other. Why? Since you've taken off your old self with all of its practices, you're made new. That old self is gone. What you used to do, that bad person that you were, that drug addict, that alcoholic that you were, that's all in the past. You're being made new. So both the Ephesians and the church in, in, uh, in, Col- in Colossae needed to be reminded by Paul that lying was not only not just, it wasn't not a good thing, but that it was part of the way that they used to be. It was a practice that they should no longer adhere to. So let's, let's read a little bit more. Colossians chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all of these. And it lists anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self and its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. So these are the things here that tell us how seriously God sees the habit of lying. God sees lying so deep that he bunches it up with a lot of other things that we would say, I would never do that before. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. You think, well, I don't do these things. If that's not bad enough, take a look with me at the book of Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. It's the final book in the Bible. And it says this, but the cowardly The unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fury lake of burning sulfur. What does that mean? It means the end isn't really good for folks who choose this as their way of life. Lying is not seen in very good company here. It's classified with murderers, sexual immoral people, idolaters, and again, you think, well, I don't do those things. But what we see here is that lying is not a lesser sin. The Word of God speaks about it throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament, clearly on the issue. 
Here's a small sampling of what the Old Testament has to say. Proverbs 12, verse 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates, seven which are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, in other words, wandering eyes. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes and feet that are quick to rush into evil. False witnesses who pour out lies and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. John chapter 8 verse 44 in the New Testament says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So what does that say? Lying is not something you should just avoid because it causes trouble for you and for the people around you. And it's true that lying hurts our culture. It's true that it hurts those around us. It's true that it hurts the church. But another reason that we shouldn't lie, it's because it's part of the old man. It's part of that person that should have died long ago. It's part of that person that's been nailed to the cross with Jesus, that has been tried, convicted, and put to death. Our lies, our sins that Jesus died to pay the price for. Lying is part of our old life. We shouldn't have any use for it anymore. We've only scratched the surface this morning on lying. Lying breaks down marriages, relationships with people. Lying has broken up entire families from being. So if you tell me lying is trivial, it's okay. Let me tell you something. It's like telling me no problem. I'm not really sexually immoral if I don't, if I don't fully engage in, in, in a bed with somebody, but I do other things with them. Let me tell you something. Just because you began at the tip of the iceberg and you're at a small part of it doesn't mean that you have not engaged in the completeness of its sin doesn't mean that it hasn't been added to your accounting. We spoke about this last week. There is an account in the heavens of all the things that you have done, both wrong and right. There is a debt that you have accrued over a period of time. And we all have that debt. And here's the truth. Nothing can ever satisfy the debt that we have with God. It's why Jesus had to come into the world and give his life in exchange for ours to satisfy the debt of sin that we had encountered before God. And I spoke to you last week and I said this. We have a choice. You remember the story of the crucifixion. In the story of the crucifixion there are three crosses. Jesus is at the center. And to one side of the cross, there is a thief. And on the other side of the cross, there is another thief. And one thief says, you know what? I don't care why you're here. The other thief says to him, this guy has done no wrong. He shouldn't even be here. And he recognized that Jesus was the son of God. And Jesus said to the thief on one side, he said, hey, because you've believed in me, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. He declared his debt forgiven. 
And we have that same choice this morning. Do we want our debt to be forgiven? Do we want to stop lying? I understand this is probably something that you learned in kindergarten. You should tell the truth, but the reality is you got into the real world. And now in order to be able to keep your job, you have to boost up the numbers a little bit. And in order to be able to get a new job, you have to lie on the resume a little bit. And in order to be able to be successful in school, no problem, you plagiarize a little bit. You get essays, you buy essays from websites that you pay a certain amount of money in so that you can hand it in. It's become such an issue that there are literally submission sites that in colleges that they make you submit your paper through these sites. And this site will literally evaluate every sentence in your entire essay. And if you have not properly quoted it or footnoted it, guess what? You're plagiarized. Our society has become known. We're not led by people of integrity. Our politicians have no integrity. Our politicians, many of them bought. Our leaders have no integrity. And heck, if our leaders have no integrity, then why why should we have any? Because we operate under a different set of rules. Because there's someone... There's an audience that counts more than every other audience out there. And our lives are lived for an audience of one, and that person is Jesus. And if our lives are lived for an audience of one, then we got to put this stuff behind us. Truth hurts sometimes. Living up to truth, facing truth, is difficult sometimes. But it's important, it's healthy. It's important to be candid with those that we love. Truth is healthy. Lies cover up. And if anything that you have heard today, let this be one thing that you take with you today. Because the majority of people will come out and will say, well, I never want to be associated with Satan, with the devil. That's a really bad guy. Why would I ever want to be associated with him? Just as Jesus is the embodiment of truth, the scripture says this of Satan, he is the father of lies. He is the father of lies. So you have to choose this morning, what kind of a life are you going to lead? A life that's open and honest? Because guess what? One lie produces another lie, produces another lie, produces another lie. Because guess what? I just lied on my resume. So I got a call back from somebody who wanted to interview me. And so I'm on the phone with that person, and guess what? I need to feed them a bunch of garbage, too, in order to back up the garbage that I wrote and the lies that I wrote on my resume. And before then, I get hired in that place. And they begin to talk about me because my skill set are ones that they needed there. And all of a sudden, the coworkers begin to talk to me, and I need to now begin to live and flourish in, in the lie that I originally created. I watched this, uh, this show this week. It's an awesome show. I love it. It's called Fresh Off the Boat. It's a comedy show. And the little boy was from a certain culture. And in this particular neighborhood that he moved to, there were none of this particular ethnicity. And so he had said all these different lies to his teachers. He said, well, because I'm this, I need to have a lucky number locker. 
And because I'm this, I can't, it's disrespectful for me to sit too close to the teacher, so I need to be sat in the back. And because I'm of this particular, and, and the kid was just milking it and milking it. And he had to take a shower after gym class. And he said, well, because I'm this particular ethnicity, it's against my ethnicity to have to go in there and take a shower with these guys. And so all of a sudden, he juiced this stuff for years until his brother became of age and had his first day in high school with him. And when his brother had his first day in high school, his brother was a high-driven, very intelligent kid. And so this kid in this show gives his brother a binder. The binder is of every single lie that he's told as it relates to his culture. He says, you're my brother. If you don't follow this, then they're going to find me out, and we're going to lose all the perks that we have. So he gives his brother this binder, and he tells his brother, this is volume one. I have, I'm working on volume two right now. It's a binder about this thick. <laughs> his brother eventually tells him, hey, I don't want to have to live up to the lies anymore that you've built up. And it's funny when we look at these things, and it's funny when we look at shows that make light of some of these things. And it's funny how we milk some of these things. But the reality is, is that at the end of the day, there's somebody who is standing. There is a spiritual entity that stands behind the lies that we tell. And that spiritual entity is Satan. And it's his demons. Everything we do has spiritual effects to it. And so we need to learn to be truth tellers. So that people can say, hey, there's integrity in that person. I want my daughter to be able to say, Hey, my daddy wasn't perfect, but if my dad showed me anything, he showed me to be the same behind people and in front of people, and he admitted to the wrong that he did, and whenever he did wrong, he asked for forgiveness for it, but here's the truth. This stuff needs to be part of our old way of life. If it isn't, we jeopardize our society. We already have jeopardized our society greatly by basing it and founding it on lies. But we jeopardize our life. We jeopardize our marriages, our family relationships. We jeopardize our employment when the boss comes in and takes a look and realizes, because guess what? The boss might have an expectation that you cook it. The boss may have an expectation that you embellish numbers. And that you raise things and that you do things a certain way. But guess what? When the district manager finds out. When the regional manager finds out. Your boss is going to pretend like he had no idea. And where will it fall onto? Your lap. Lying always comes down. It rolls downhill to you. And you have to choose. Will I stand with that? Will somebody know me? All of a sudden you were the Christian person at the office place. And then they found out that you were a liar. You just damaged your testimony of Christ. Because you said that you were one thing and you did another. And that's the issue with integrity. If you say one thing and do another, there's no integrity in that. When truth and character come together... We live lives of integrity. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward this morning. I want to pray with you. I want to pray that in all of our interactions with the world that we're trying to reach for Christ, 
Let's reflect the character of the one who's the embodiment of truth. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 29 says this of God. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie. If God is someone of justice, if God is the God of truth, then we need to come to terms with the fact that lies are destructive and are sinful practices. And so I want to pray with you guys this morning, if you could, as our worship team prepares to lead us in worship. Father God, we bless your name. Lord Jesus, you're worthy to receive honor, glory, and praise. And God, this is by no means easy. Sometimes telling the truth has consequences. Consequences that we don't even like, that we don't enjoy. But the reality is that integrity and truth is of value. It's a value because it's what you call us to. It's because we live not for everybody else and for everybody else's approval. Mom, dad, husband, wife, girlfriend, professor, employer, boss. We live for the approval of one. We live for your approval, Lord Jesus. Father, lying reduces efficiency. It destroys productivity. It perverts justice. It ruins relationships. And so, Lord, we ask you in this moment, Lord Jesus, would you just bring a a spirit of conviction over our lives? That we would, Lord Jesus, come to terms with who we are and what we've done, God, and hand that over to you. Each and every one of us are in desperate need of this. None of us are perfect, and we've all, in certain situations, felt cornered into saying something that wasn't the truth. Father, some of us lie, say things that aren't the truth because we're not happy with who we are. We're not happy. We don't believe we've accomplished anything with our life. Our self-esteem is down the tube, and we believe that other people won't like us. They won't want to be in relationship with us if if they knew the truth. If they knew the truth about us, if they saw the real us. And so, Father, I pray that we would even come to terms with that, Lord. Father, that we would find our significance not in achievements or diplomas or certificates or resumes or paychecks that we take home. But, Lord, that we would find our significance in you. In the truth, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, even over depressive spirits, Lord Jesus. Because lying can take us down some pretty heavy roads and some pretty heavy consequences. And we don't realize it at first until it grips us. One day we come to terms with who we are and we realize that we've lied because Sometimes we just hate ourselves. Father, I ask that you would raise self-esteem in this place, Lord. I pray that we would come to terms with who we are and that we're valuable in your sight. That maybe we don't feel that anybody loves us or cares about us the way that we are. But you love and you care about us. And you've put so much value on our lives that you gave your only son for us. 
And so, Jesus, as we talk about lying, as we talk about the implications of it, Lord Jesus, help us to stand on your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.